Today, we're going to start Romans chapter 1. And um, when in Rome, we're going to look at the book of Romans more closely. There's so much meat in this, in this uh, book that, that I have to, and I know that it's like this every time we do a, a walkthrough series, but there's so much meat that you really have to try and decide what, what doesn't make the cut and what does, because you could, you could preach this book for a full year and still probably not hit all of the principles that, that you need to really hit. You know what I'm saying? That there's so much to it. And so um, we're going to start with chapter one, and uh, I know that we just played a video, but we're going to do one more video because uh, our guest reader, Johnny Cash, is back. And uh, so here we go. Romans chapter one. Take it away, Johnny. The Epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit and the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if, by some means, now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. Okay, I guess Johnny, Johnny ran out of gas. All right. I am trying to figure out where he left off. So here we go. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of you and me. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I have often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as the other Gentiles. I am a debtor to both Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to the salvation of everyone who believes, for first the Jew and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed faith to faith, it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are, that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, that they are without excuse. Because, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of, and changed the glory of an incorruptible God into an image made like incorruptible men and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. 
Therefore, God has also given them to uncleanliness, the lusts of their heart, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who's blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for every, for even their women exchanged a natural use for what is against, for what is against nature. Likewise, men leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lusts for one another, um, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not retain God, did not like to retain God and their knowledge, God gave them over to debased mind to those which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, the, the list, it's not a good list, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, bagbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, and inventors of evil things, and disobedience to parents. Did you hear that, teenagers? They threw disobedience in there with people who build evil things. You're right up there with the dude who built dynamite, all right, if you disobey mom and God. Mom and dad. Dads don't get a big head. It was a mess up. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but approve of those who practice them. Whoo, that's a lot of reading, y'all. I don't like to do that much reading out loud. I'm surprised I didn't stumble more and sound like Bobby, 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 Bobby Boucher. Why do we do the whole why do we do the whole the whole chapter? Because there's a statistic that that a a large amount of Christians, Christians, believers in Christ have never read through one full chapter of the Bible. How on earth do we expect to be who God's called us to be if we're not even cracking the book? So we read a full chapter for you, so now you've heard a chapter, right? God's working. So we could isolate so many scriptures here. Let's get into it. You know, honorable mentions, we could go verse 4, that we've received grace and apostleship and obedience in the faith. We could go verse 16, verse 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God of salvation. We could go, we could go, you want to go controversial? We could, we could talk about the last part that we read. Men leaving, other women, men leaving women for other men and things of that nature. We could go there. It'd be fun to see who comes back next week. You know? But as I prayed about it, I was like, God, what is it that you want to highlight to your people? He took me to verses 20 and 21. So I'm going to read those again, and we're going to dive in, okay? Verses 20 and 21. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You got no excuse. You hear me? They're without excuse because they knew God. They did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Boy, doesn't that just sound like the place we don't want to go? Right? What was just described... In verse 20 and 21, would we all agree, we may have different thoughts on what different scriptures mean, we may have different thoughts on what's right and what's wrong, but do we all agree that what was just described, we don't want that description of us, correct? And so let's take a closer look. I'm going to read verse 20 one more time. 
Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Friends, the first thing I want you to understand that it's so important you get is that God has been trying to reveal himself to man since creation. Do you realize that? God wants to be known by you. Did you realize that? So often we think that God is distant and afar and angry and ready to smite you when you mess up. Bruce Almighty style, smite me, almighty smiter! But that's not him. From the time that he built the heavens and the earth and he, and he made everything, he wanted you to know who he was. And he wanted you to look more like him. In fact, it says this in Psalm, in the book of Psalm 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. So through creation, God is trying to reveal himself to you. And as you look around, and you're trying to, there, there, it is easy to spot his hand at work. And then, and then you get the word of God. And now we are without excuse. Fact of the matter is this, my friends. If you don't know him, it is because there was a problem with you, not him. If you don't know him, it is an effort problem on us, not on him. Do we agree with that statement? If we don't know who he is and what he likes and what he doesn't like, it's because we haven't made the effort to find out. It is not because he hasn't made the effort to show us. Do we agree? But there is something that is, there is, something that is, um, that is so scary about not knowing him And when you look at verse 21, you start seeing it. So let's look at verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So let's take that bit by bit, shall we? Can we break it down a little bit? The first thing that we see, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Let's start there. Can we just say, let it never be said of us that though we know God and we know his character and we know his mercy and we know his grace and we know his love for us, yet we still do not glorify him? Do you want that to be what's said on your tombstone? It's a lot. The etching would probably cost a lot, right? Because they charge by letter. It's going to cost. But that's not how you want to be remembered. Do we agree? He's saying, he's, he's saying this, he's saying, not only did they know him, they knew him, and they knew his character, and they knew who he was, and how he loved, and how he treated people, and how he, how he took care of people as their savior, and yet still they decided and said, he's not going to get my glory. I don't know about you, but I think that's really scary. I don't know about you, but I think that's really tragic. Let it not be said of us that we would not give the God of the universe the glory that belongs to him. In fact, if you go on a little later, it says that they give the created glory over the creator. How crazy is that? We do it too, though. Pastor Dan, on one Sunday when when I, I actually just took the day off, 
I don't do that often, but I did that. I took that Sunday off and he preached. He talked about having idols in your life. An idol is anything that is more important to you than the God you're called to serve. Right? We have idols in our lives. It could be, it could be a relationship, a friend, a family member. I'm watching more and more parents. They're not ready for what I'm about to say. You're not ready for what I'm saying. I've watched rock-solid followers of Jesus turn their back on God because of who their children decided they were going to be. That means your child's an idol. And look, I love that kid right there, Grace Elizabeth Garrett. Amazing, wonderful child. Jillian Faith Garrett back there. Gavin Michael. Now you guys can all mental nade them if they tick you off. Now you know. I love, I love my three G's, but I don't love them enough to turn my back on the Lord. Amen. We all have idols. It could even be your television. No, PT, it can't be that. Just tell me where all your, all your furniture is pointed. <laughs> right? Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. We give the glory that belongs to the creator to the created. The fact of the matter is, guys, is that this is problematic because if we don't get this part right, we don't get the rest of it right. Do you hear that? If we don't get the part about who gets the glory right, none of it, none of, the rest of it doesn't matter. We're going to get it wrong. It all starts with that. Who gets the glory? Jesus Christ and him crucified. If our answer is anything else, we're going to get the rest of it wrong. Because everything else is subject to that. Right? And so he says they knew him, and they knew his character, and they knew who he was, but yet they still refused to give God glory. I'm seeing in the church more and more the church not being willing to give God the glory he deserves. Well, PT, I don't like to sing in church. Get over it. Ain't nobody listening to you. We're all half deaf anyway, because most, most of us had speaker systems in our cars, because we all grew up in the 90s. Well, some of us grew up in the 90s. Had the I, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. I heard a wow. I'm sorry. I can't hear you. I can't hear you when I'm singing. It doesn't matter how bad you sing. It doesn't matter. It says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say that it has to be a good one. It just says joyful, right? Why are we so unwilling to give God the glory he deserves other than the fact that we think the glory should go to ourselves or somebody else? And that's where it all starts for them. And then it gets worse from there. It says this, so they didn't, they, they didn't give him the glory he deserved, but also they weren't thankful. Can we just be honest? Since the creation of the world, ungratefulness has been a thing. Right? Right? Adam started with Adam. He gets Eve. It starts out amazing, right? Beautiful, right? Like Aladdin, a whole new world style, beautiful, right? And Eve listens to the serpent, but Adam was the one who, Adam was the one who triggered the fall because he was the one who received the commandment. Eve wasn't, right? 
But when God came and spoke to him, he's like, Adam, what did you do? Right? You got, you got kids. You've walked in and been like, what did you do? Right? What, what was Adam's reply? Do you remember what Adam's reply was? The woman that you gave me, God. You set me up for failure. Right away, dude is ungrateful. I'm like, bro, you got a wife. And she just heard you say that. That wasn't smart. He's like, this woman that you gave me, this is on you, God. I'm not grateful for my wife. I'm mad at you for giving her to me. What? And it goes on from there. That's just the first moment, but over and over and over again. You got the Israelites. Got, got freed from Egypt in miraculous fashion. They go out and wander for a little bit, and everybody's ready to go back. Yeah. Which here's my point. You can say you do, but nobody likes going on walks. You can say you do, but you don't. Perfect example. And unthankfulness, ungratefulness has, has, has been at the forefront of man's heart from the moment God created them. Not because God created them to be ungrateful, but because God gave them the choice. And don't you think it's true that given the choice between grateful and ungrateful, we often choose ungrateful? Agreed? You know I'm right. I don't know how God has the patience for us. Can you imagine being God? Whew. Sometimes I, I, sometimes I say that, I, like I'm, I'm watching something go on, and I, I think to myself, God, this, this has to break your heart too. Like we think about what this means for us, the implications of losing someone we love, but God, you're watching all these people who love you cry right now. That has to break your heart. We don't think about how our decisions affect his heart. But when we choose to be ungrateful, can you imagine being God? Like, like, let's just talk for a second about coming to church. You're not really what I'm about to say now either. We act like we're doing God a favor by coming to church, by giving, and by serving. Y'all quiet today. Am I wrong? No. Thank God he's God, because if I'm God, it wouldn't go so well. How do I know? Because I've held the door open for people before, and they didn't thank me. Anybody else has a pet peeve for you? You hold the door open for me? We could be in the middle of an argument, right? You and I could be in the middle of an argument. And if you hold the door open for me wherever we're headed to finish this argument, I'm going to say thank you very much, and we're going to keep arguing. But there are people, you hold the door, they're out there in the world, just out walking around. They're allowed to be in public. <laughs> you don't hold the door open for them. You, I'm sorry, no, strike that, reverse it. You hold the door open for them, and they look at you and walk through the door. What kind of arrogance do you have to have to look at somebody in the eye when they're holding the door for you? The audacity, the unmitigated gall. One day, it's going to happen. Someone does that to me, doesn't say thank you, and here's what I'm going to do.
I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say something. I'm going to do it. Anybody else feel like, PT, your rage is justified? Do you agree? Okay. All right. Now imagine your God and your creation is ungrateful for every amazing thing that you give them. Oh. Yes. And not even about our relationship with God, just being in general. Just like from a a psychological standpoint, having a grateful heart changes the way you view everything that happens to you. Right? But God created you to give thanks. In fact, it says it a few times in Scripture. Let's run through it real quick. Ephesians verse 5, or chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Samuel 12, 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him, and in truth, with all of your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Consider what great things he has done for you. Let's keep moving forward. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything, give what? What was it? Give what? Okay, in everything, give thanks, for this is the what? The will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Finally, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. This isn't a suggestion from God. This isn't a, if you get the moment to think about it, he's saying this has to be at the very fabric of your being. And when you know God's character and you choose not to give him his glory and you know God's character and you're not great and what he's done in your life and you're not grateful, it sets you up for some pretty big failure. Agreed? Let's look at what happens next. This is bad. They refuse to be thankful but became futile in their thoughts. What's the word futile mean? Futile means meaningless, unimportant, doesn't matter, of no consequence, one bit. Right? Are we, are we all agreed that that's what it means? Don't ask me, ask Webster. Not the little guy from the 80s sitcom, the guy who wrote the, the dictionary. Love both of them, big fans of both. <laughs> Paul, the people Paul speaks of, who went from refusing to give God glory, then to be thankful, to now they're thinking on futile things. Do you see the slippery slope? Do you, do you see, do you see the, 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 the gradual decline and gradual decay? It goes just from, from not giving God glory, but now it's gone from that to being ungrateful to now you're thinking on things that don't matter at all. Can I just be honest with you? I know that we love our country, right? We're all patriotic, right? If Olympics, if the Olympics had a gold medal for having futile thoughts, I think the United States would win every time. Because there's so much stupid junk out there for us to think on other than what's important. How do I know? TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, InstaFace, Twitter. 
Some of that can be used for good things, but for the most part, and I'm, I'm talking about myself, I can, I can ruin an afternoon by scrolling. Right? And we think on things that just don't matter. And so their thoughts were consumed by things that did not matter, so it happens to us as well. We consume empty spiritual calories with the thoughts that we think sometimes. Would you agree with that statement? What I have here is a nice salad that I prepared myself by going to Meyer and buying it. I did buy all of it separate and put it together myself, though, so I get points, right? Yeah. Now, would you agree with me that this is pretty, pretty good for you, except for the breaded chicken? They didn't have the, the, the lack of breading, and I wasn't going to rip it all off for you guys. I mean, you, can't, you can probably barely see it, to be honest with you. Right? But if you're, going to, if you're going to consume something, this is probably a good idea, right? Right. What about this? It's a pile of Twinkies. Can we be honest? I, I don't care about your judgment. These things are tasty. And if a nuclear holocaust, I was telling these guys earlier, if a nuclear, nuclear holocaust happened, which isn't outside the realm of capable at this point in time, you'll thank God there's Twinkies and Spam. Right? Am I right? They'll still be there and share. She'll still be there too. If I could turn back to home. The ADD is full force today. Full force. But if these are our thought life, wouldn't you say the entire world around us is probably consuming this rather than this? Thinking on things that don't matter versus thinking on things that are good and, and pure and wholesome. In fact, it wasn't say... For, for things that are good, honest, pure, holy, just, merciful, think on those things versus thinking on what things the view has to say that day. I got 15 more minutes of Joy Behar. It's from The Longest Yard. See, useless, completely useless. And that's the thing. I have an endless supply of completely useless things in this brain of mine. I'm preaching to Terry right now. Here's the thing, though. If we consume this, what do you think we're going to be like? Healthy, strong, not me, right? You'd look more like Sammy than you would like me if this is what you're eating. Of course, you were born with metabolism. I was not, right? It's not fair. He got my metabolism and his metabolism. I've seen him eat. But you consume this? Healthy, strong, plenty of vitality. But if this is your, your diet every single day, thank God they have extensions to, to buckle your seatbelt on the plane. Right? You know what I'm saying? The people who consume this are going to be in trouble. 
unhealthy, right? Preaching to myself right now because I'm, I haven't eaten today. I don't like to eat before I preach. And which one do you think is tempting me right now? <laughs> but there's like bell peppers on that. There's no bell peppers in here, I don't think. But spiritually, we do this. We think on things that don't matter. We get futile in our thinking, and we focus on things that are, that are just pointless rather than the meat of the Word of God. And rather than what God's called us to focus on, we think about things that are of no consequence whatsoever. And we wonder why spiritually the world around us is weak and feeble it's because we've been feasting on these thoughts rather than these thoughts, right? And here's your quote. You ready? Check this out. Too many followers of Jesus are thinking on Twinkies but hoping for salad's results. When the Lord gave me that, it blew my tiny little mind. Too many followers of Jesus are thinking on Twinkies and hoping for salad results. Why is the church so focused on things that just don't really matter? Why is it, and this is pointed at me too, why is it that I, can, that I can watch videos on Facebook or YouTube or something else for an hour, but I'm looking at my, my watch the first five minutes we start prayer? Why? If we're not careful, we'll stop thinking on the things that matter most and we'll begin to get futile in our thoughts. Can you agree that if you are not giving God the glory that he deserves, you're not grateful for what he's done in your life, you're thinking on things that don't matter, it's not going to be long until the next thing happens. And it says this, our foolish, their foolish hearts were darkened. When we refuse to give God his glory, when we're not grateful, when we're thinking on things that are futile, it's only a matter of time before darkness becomes our reality. It is a stone's throw to jump from futile thinking to sinful thinking. From, from futile thinking to thinking in darkness. Thinking, I would never do what, what I'm thinking about. I would never do this. To, wow, it was really easy to step into that because my mind and my heart have become dark. You look at people that have, that have been addicted to things like heroin. They never, if you would have looked at them before it happened and you said, you're going to be addicted to heroin, they say, I would never do that. But they maybe got into a jet ski accident like, like, or, or, or a motorcycle accident and now they've, now they've started on pills and now they're addicted to pills and, and that's not working anymore. And, and before they know it, they're starting to do things that they never thought they'd do. And before you know it, they jump from that to full-on addiction. Why? Because it's, it's a gradual, slow fade. Right? It's an example. We do the same thing spiritually. At first, God stops getting the glory. Then we're not grateful for anything. We're in, I, we, we think we're entitled to anything. And then from there, we start thinking on things that don't matter. Have you seen some of the arguments that people are throwing out online? I want to bang my head into the wall. We begin to think on that. And then before you know it, we step into darkness. And our heart begins to want the darkness rather than the light. To crave darkness 
rather than light, to desire more of darkness and less of God's goodness. It's a gradual and slow fade, but our hearts will become dark, and then our actions will become dark, and then our future will become dark. And when we walk around in darkness, we put ourselves in a position to stumble and hurt ourselves or someone else. Do you agree? So what do we do about this? What do we do about this? Because God reveals himself to us. God has revealed himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ, through the word and through his Holy Spirit. And everywhere you look, you see his hand, right? If we don't know him, it's because of us and not because of him. But what happens is we forget to give him the glory he deserves to be entitled and unthankful for all that he's done. We begin to think on things that don't matter. And before you know it, we're walking in darkness. If that's happened to you, it's time to repent. Like, repent. Not just say, okay, I'm going to do better. Coming up with the idea of just, I'm going to do better, doesn't work. Repentance works. Saying, I'm going to turn away from that darkness. I'm going to turn away from those futile thoughts. I'm going to turn away from the junk that so easily besets me in God. Go and stand to your feet. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Okay, let's glorify him in everything that we do. When we're walking the streets and anything good, bad, or ugly happens, let God get the glory. Amen? Let's be grateful. Let everything that we look at be looked at through the lens of a grateful heart. I promise you it will change everything. When you look at everything that happens in your life through the lens of a grateful heart, it'll annoy the heck out of people around you. It's fun to do. But it will change everything. We begin to think on the things that matter, the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God, the presence of God. Instead of, you know, I used to love 80s hairband music and I still do, right? But what am I listening to when I'm driving down the road? I'm listening to worship music. Because one will bring health and the other will bring a headache. Right? So let's be grateful in everything that we do. And if you're walking in darkness, it's time to choose to walk in light. It's time to become the light chapter 5 verse 14 says you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they take a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house therefore let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven i promise you if you're focusing on that you won't focus on darkness if you're focusing on being the light you'll never walk in the darkness PT, but what can we do today to get better? You heard me. I just said it. Give him the glory. Be grateful. Think on things that matter most, the word of God, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. And walk in the light. And I promise, the things that are said about the people in Romans chapter 1 will not be said about you. You'll go from being known for the darkness to being the one who makes the light known. 
makes Christ known in everything we do. That's our desire. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm going to pray, and the altars are open. If you're here today and you found yourself being ungrateful, repent. You found yourself not giving God the glory, repent. You found yourself thinking on futile things, repent. You found yourself walking in darkness, repent. You're doing well in those things, then keep moving forward. Keep doing the little things right, and I promise you'll make him known for all the right reasons. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray. Prayer team's going to be around if you need prayer. If you got to go, you got to go. If you want to stay in worship for as long as you want, Pastor Dan said he would stay all day long. All day long. He will lock this building up when the last person walks out, even if that's at 4 in the eight, 4 in the morning. He doesn't care because he is, that man is dedicated. He said he'll fast. He will give up a month of his salary just to make sure that this place keeps running. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you have called us to walk in gratefulness that you called us to give you the glory, that you called us to walk in gratefulness, that you called us to walk thinking on the things that matter most, and that you've called us to walk as the light, the light that shines and points to Jesus. Help us today to think on these things and bring you the glory and the honor that you deserve. If you're here today with every, every person just kind of minding their own business, if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, my guess is that he's not getting the glory you're probably not grateful and probably you're thinking on small things and your life is dark if you want that to change today it comes through a life of following Jesus if you've never experienced that and would like to start that today or you walked away from him and you once knew him I want to pray for you would you just put your hand in the air and let me see where you're at is there one person here today all right all right wait did I just see a hand I think I saw, did I see a hand? Wes, I want you to come stand with my friend here. We're gonna, we're gonna pray again here in a second. I want you to pray with him. Anybody else? Are we all light dwellers today? All right, I see you, man. All right, somebody go stand with him right now. Uh, Dan, Dan Bors here, go stand with my friend Dan Catlett, all right? All right, let's pray. Father, I just pray right now, your word says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Your word says if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And your word says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. And for the ones that raise their hand, I pray God that they would apply that today. If you're standing there with that person, pray with them, teach them what it, what, how, to, how to make that commitment to the Lord right now. And Father, for each and every one of us, who maybe didn't raise our hand but should have, I just pray that you would begin to tug at our hearts and that we would leave this place with a relationship with you. That we would leave this place glorifying you, grateful for all that you've done, thinking on things that matter most, and walking in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Crank up the music. Altars are open. If you got to go, you got to go. You want to stay around? Pastor Dan's in it for the long haul.